I served in Vietnam. I served in Iraq. No matter where you served or when, VA has benefits for veterans of every generation. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. I am Timothy Lawson, the host of This Week at VA. I have a special episode for you this Monday afternoon. It's a little later in the day than I usually release podcasts, but uh, decided to put this one together uh, in recognition of, uh, of what today is. As many of you know, when it comes to my guests that served through the date September 11, 2001, I like to ask them about that experience, their experience in the military at that time. Specifically, I asked them the difference they saw in the military from September 10, 2001 to September 12, 2001. And in this episode, I curated a handful of responses that range in experience. And I'm just going to let them play back to back to back. So uh, here, here is the order that they're in. Jared Lyon talks about being in Navy boot camp on that day. Kayla Williams talks about the impact it had on a local community. John Lee Dumas talks about how the trajectory of his whole career shifted. Sky Marshall talks about how the attitude changed of some of the airmen around her. And finally, Blaine Smith talks about how differently the military really was uh, before and after the attacks. Uh, and I, I, I left for boot camp on August 5th, 2001. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, I forgoed college to enlist in the Navy, uh, joined a peacetime military. Uh, you know, August 5th, 2001 um, means that I, I was actually in uh, boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois on September 11th. So I was actually in basic training when September yeah. 11th occurred. So I've had a, um, quite a few people on the podcast that joined pre 9-11, sure. experienced 9-11 at some point in their career. Absolutely. Um, and I'm always curious to know what shifts in the environment did you notice between September 10, 2001 and September 12, 2001? So I went to Navy boot camp, right? Uh, certainly not Marine Corps boot camp. Um, uh, but, I, but I'll tell you, uh, on September 11th, there was something noticeably different. Uh, your environment is controlled a lot more, obviously, when you're when you're you know in in basic training in the sense that like you know you're not seeing the outside newspaper every day yeah. or the, the news or those types of things. So we knew something was up. Uh, didn't didn't really understand what it was. Uh, they had come into our division. Uh, our recruit division commanders did uh, and grabbed guys from like New York City and New Jersey. Um, we didn't see them for kind of the rest of the day. We found out later that they had uh, broken the news to them and actually uh, gave them the opportunities to try to reach family members yeah. uh, to check in on folks and make sure people were okay, which was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, that's what had happened. Uh, and then later that evening, uh, our sister division uh, came into our, our barracks and uh, we're all sitting there Indian style. And they, they rolled in one of those... Uh, remember the old, uh, you know, it's going to be movie day in yeah. elementary school, yeah. the, the TV on the cart with the VCR? And they, they played us what, you know, best I could describe as like a news clip as to, you know, these, these are the events that occurred today. Um, and we were seeing them for the first time and understanding what it was. Um, and in an odd way, I think we thought it was like a scenario, uh, a drill almost. Oh, and we didn't almost believe that that was a real thing, that, uh, that there could have been an attack on U.S. soil. Um, so 
it was our senior chief um, who was uh, a CB and, and a tough son of a gun, uh, had sort of the gruff voice, you know, said, you know, listen up, gentlemen, uh, th th this is real, this is not a drill, this is not a scenario. Um, and, uh, and, and it means that from this point forward, uh, your time in the military is likely to be uh, in wartime. And, and that changed. Uh, the vibe in boot camp changed, the mentality changed, the intensity changed, um, and we knew we were preparing uh, not just for, you know, how do we march the right way and get our uniforms on the right way, but for the, for the prospect that our nation would be at war. Um, and uh, when I graduated boot camp, uh, we were the first division to have our families allowed back on base. Uh, everything was, you know, security was a lot tighter. And we got weekend liberty uh, in Chicago. I'd never been to the city of Chicago before. Uh, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Massachusetts, so like a big city was Boston to me. And uh, so to see Chicago for the first time, uh, taking the train in from Great Lakes, Illinois, I had never seen so many American flags uh, ever in my life. Yeah. And here I am, dress whites with a bunch of brand new sailors, uh, you know, no, no, no ribbons on our chest. We're, we're brand newbies in the Navy. And I can't count how many people came up to us to thank us for our service. And, and you know, we really had this like sense of, gosh, what have we done to deserve any level of thanks yet? Yeah. Um, but it, it, was, it was really interesting for the first time out of boot camp and, and back into the broader uh, civilian community to just see a nation united in that way. And especially with uh, the pride you saw in the city of Chicago with that many American flags. I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah, absolutely. was just the the absolute certainty that we were going to go to war and as a class full of people learning Arabic it was an absolute certainty that we would go to war for our country and on a more practical level we were living on at the time it was an open post people in the community could just drive through to get from one side to the other and suddenly they put they closed the gates had gate guards up and uh, had to deal with frustration from locals civilians who had been I don't want to say spoiled but I think maybe weren't fully conscious of the fact that that our little tiny military you know uh, base was in fact a place that needed to be protected from potential threats and that change in the the threat posture was very noticeable and it was fascinating to see the local communities not terribly understanding reception to the change you are correct so my senior year um so we'd already been, um, you know, through advanced camp, which is what all ROTC cadets have to do during their junior to senior year summer. You know, so we're in our senior year of college as, you know, fourth year cadets and 9-11 happens. And we spent the rest of that year knowing that we were going to be the first round of commissioned officers post 9-11. But I don't know, Tim, if I've actually told you this story. I've, I've told the story very, very rarely. So um, I feel like if I told it to anybody, it would be to you. But it was pretty crazy because um, I worked really hard, and I was actually out of 17 cadets. I placed fourth, um, which was pretty high, which pretty much um, assured me that I was going to be able to choose any uh, branch that I wanted to, to get into. And I decided that I wanted to be – um, an engineer. I wanted to be an Army uh, Corps of Engineers. That was like my thing. And I was pretty much assured that I was going to get that. Um, and so when 9-11 happened, 
the plane that hit the pen, uh, that, that hit uh, the Pentagon um, actually hit the ROTC headquarters portion of the Pentagon, which, to make a long story short, destroyed all of the documents of all the, you know the we as cadets from all over the country had sent in, you know, saying our number one through seventeen desire branch. So that all got disintegrated. The world was in such you know this crazy place that they were just like, um, you know, we're not going to have you guys resubmit these forms because we don't have time for that. We're literally going to randomly assign you a branch. So my wow. year of college. Everybody got randomly assigned, and that's the only reason I was in armor. That wasn't even like in my top 15. Like I, I wanted nothing to do with tanks, and sure enough, I got assigned as an armor officer and just kind of, you know, like any good soldier, just uh, took it on the chin and drove forward. It was really – it felt like college. It felt like I was on a university campus. Um, everybody was – just doing their job. It was peacetime. Majority of the airmen that um, I was surrounded by were pretty much enlisted for college. So um, I didn't really have any gun ho airmen around me, you know, saying I enlisted to fight my country because that just wasn't in the conversation at that time in 2000. So it was very um, relaxing. And I worked eight, nine hours at the hospital and uh, came home, and I was stationed in Las Vegas, Nellis Air Force Base, so I would have fun weekends and fun evenings out. And then um, when 9-11 happened, it, com- it, completely, it completely shifted, absolutely. Um, I remember that day um, we had to – we were restrained to the base, and everybody just pretty much had to um, go get prepared for uh, an assembly Hall and um, the base commander came and spoke to all of us, and you know it was it was a wake up call, you know, because here we all were so excited about our MGI bill, but it's like, oh no, this is real. You can't leave, and it's time for you to officially serve your country, and it it, it got real real quick, and um, so the as far as the energy. That you that you're asking of, it was definitely more fear in the air, anxiety. People uh, that I knew at my base were doing very extreme things to um, get out of the military. At the time, you could not be homosexual, so I, I knew a guy who said he was gay, and I, nobody knew if he really was because um, he hid it so very well. But he was able to get a general discharge. There were some extreme things that happened at that time. Um, yeah, that a lot of people don't think about. And for me, it was, uh, I didn't know what to expect for, uh, you know, obvious reasons. I was, you know, teenager and, um, and I had friends in the Marines and I had friends in the army and they were obvious for, you know, very, very scared. And, um, and deploy deployments were just getting handed out like candy and, you know, even though the Air Force isn't responsible for the foot soldiers, we're we're, we're definitely, um, you know, all 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 teams make the world go round. So uh, we were also affected as well, just as far as me being a med- working in a hospital. You know, a lot of medics were being deployed, and um, and our base became undermanned. So no longer was I working my eight hours. I became an augmentee, and they had me work. Um, as uh, security forces for, you know, 12 hour days now, 12, yeah. 13 hour days. Um, 
it wasn't it wasn't my cushy you know office job anymore i was outside in the in the nevada under the nevada sun doing perimeter checks um and you know at the gate point everything completely changed in a little suburban town um, like a lot of other kids and I didn't really have any plans to join the military if I can be honest I just um, thought I would go to college and get a job someday and in my my search to find a good college to go to I, I had a teacher a chemistry teacher who was also my golf coach in high school and he was a retired army officer before he became a teacher and he really wanted me to consider uh, the service academies West Point Air Force Academy Naval Academy and I, I was not particularly interested, um, but he just sort of asked me to at least look into it and kind of leave no stone unturned. And through the process, I discovered that uh, West Point in particular was a really amazing institution. It was a chance for me to get a great education. It was a chance for me to play sports in college, which I really wanted to do. Um, you know, also I could afford it. You know, I was I was a kid that grew up kind of lower middle class. I, I couldn't really afford to go to Duke or Wake Forest or or Harvard or anything. So. West Point really represented a chance for me to be really the best college option, which is the way a 16, 17-year-old kid thinks, at least I did. Um, and then obviously through the process of being there for four years, I really began to to, to uh, appreciate and respect the military and the, and the role that it plays in our nation. And by the time I graduated, I was, um, I was really ready to serve in the role of an Army officer. And I graduated in June of 2001 thinking that my service to the Army would be relatively short and uneventful. And then a couple months later, the attacks of 9-11 happened, and uh, really everything changed at that point. We've had a few guests now that were in the military when those events happened, and I always like to get their unique perspective on the difference they saw in the military between September 10, 2001 and September 12, 2001. Can you tell us about what your experience and uh, your perspective on the military was? Absolutely. And it's it's hard, almost difficult to even remember what the military was like pre-9-11 because sure. it was so, so different. But, you know, I thought at that time it was the it was the Clinton administration. The Army had drawn down to only 10 active divisions there were some basically peacekeeping operations going on in, in places like Bosnia and Kosovo. Um, you might end up going on a one-year unaccompanied tour to Korea at some point in your career. But for the most part, it was a garrison and training army. What I mean by that is you, you went to work basically every day in a, in a starched uniform and polished boots. And you'd maybe go down to the motor pool and work on your vehicles. Maybe you'd do a little bit of training, but we weren't doing a ton. Um, you know, the pinnacle of your time as a, as a platoon leader or a company commander might be taking your unit to the National Training Center at Fort Irwin or the Joint Readiness Training Center at Fort Polk and really being tested, quote-unquote, against uh, you know a fictitious enemy in the, in the woods of Louisiana or the deserts of California. And that is really what we thought at the time, at least that's what I thought my military, my Army career would look like, would be five years of you know training, garrison, formations, PT, you know, maybe, you know, you go away for four weeks or six weeks at a time to do some training, go to the field. Uh, and then I would get out after five years and get a job somewhere with a, a company or go to grad school or whatever. And after 9-11, almost immediately, it occurred to us that it was going to be very different. And we didn't know at the time how different it would be or what exactly it would look like. But it became clear that that was not the way the world was going to work anymore 
and it, you know, within a year or so, you know, fr- friends and, and myself and my unit, you're on orders to deploy for a year to go over to Baghdad. And I mean, a year long deployment was unheard of. We couldn't believe it when our brigade commander said, you know, we're going to be on orders for a year. I mean, it was, it was crazy though. The, the spouses and families were beside themselves. And then, you know, you fast forward just a few more years and that became the norm. You're yeah. going over for 12, 15 months, come home for a year, go back for another year. And it really became the norm. But I'm here to tell you the army back in the nineties, you know, in pre nine 11, it was not normal to think that a unit or a soldier or an individual could spend that much time uh, in, in a combat zone uh, without having like a dwell cycle or some time to recover from that. And it, it really just became everyday practice. I featured these clips because as we remember those that passed on September 11, it's interesting to see how drastically different some parts of life are because of what happened. And September 11 is not a military or veterans holiday, but uh, everybody's part of the world changed. And for us veterans, that part of the world was the military. And I wanted to share some of those stories from our part of the world here in the United States military and get these stories from our veterans. However, at the end of the day, Patriots Day is about remembrance. The story that sticks out to me from the podcast regarding 9-11 came from Army veteran D. McWilliams, who worked in the Pentagon. I was, 36 people I know were killed in 9-11. And I was in the building until about 20 minutes before that and went to a meeting across the street and went up the elevator to a high floor in Pentagon City and looked across South South Parking and saw that it was my office that got hit. And my first thought was everyone I know has been killed. My boss, Lieutenant General Maud, the senior guy that got killed that day, my secretary, people I had brought to the Pentagon to have a specific job. We will never forget those that lost. We will never lose our gratitude for those that responded to save others that day. And we will always remember to appreciate those that decided to serve and protect our freedom inspired by that tragic day. I hope you all had a safe Patriots Day and I hope you found your own personal ways to remember. Remember.